And we're live. The Hold On For Dear Life podcast is back. Jack, how you doing, my man? I'm doing great, Patrick. I'm doing great. Can't even contain my excitement uh, about the fact that the Hold On For Dear Life podcast is back. Yeah, so I'm just going to cut to the chase here. We've been trying to record this intro for the, the show for about 25 minutes here. It's gone too long, so... You know, we're rusty as podcasters. Please bear with us. We will get better. I want to just explain some changes to the show. The name is the same, but we are now operating under athletics.com. You can find us on Twitter at athletics. It's a website. We're going to be posting sports information on there. You want to go there, check it out. Um, But things that are going to be different about the show this time around, we're still doing current events. We're still doing history. We're still talking sports. We're just going to be bigger and better than ever, having better guests. We're going to be posting a lot more content on Instagram. Um, that's going to be both hold on for dear life content and athletics content. So we're really just excited about being more, we're getting more immersed in the whole podcast and content producing industry here. And, um, we just want to thank everyone for sticking with us through this wild ride. And this is only beginning. Did I, did I miss anything, Jack? No, I don't think you did, Patrick. Like you said, I, we appreciate our, our loyal listeners for sticking around with us. And uh, our promise to our new listeners is that there are, there are better days on the horizon. We can personally guarantee you that. Absolutely. And with that being said, let's just dive right into the show. Let's go. Well, I just woke up from a little nap. It's a little dark, but you guys silly? I'm still going to send it. Sudden. Sudden. Let's go, yo. Let's hop right in right now, baby. Let's talk Super Bowl, Jack. Matchup set next Sunday. Patriots-Eagles. Tom Brady battled through that um, hand laceration last week. Yep. Great performance by him. You and I watched that game together. We did. He's matching up against Nick's, Nick Foles in the in the Super Bowl. Philadelphia Eagles, their backup quarterback. Um, personally, not a Super Bowl I'm very interested in. I, I don't think I'll be watching very intently, but... Uh, Let's break the game down a little bit. I want to hear your thoughts on the game and really if you think the Eagles have a chance. Uh, Patrick, first, before we get into the Super Bowl, um, I know I brought this up to you uh, a few weeks ago and we touched on it, <clears throat> actually probably one of our last episodes, potentially even the last episode of the, the old Hold On For Dear Life. We talked a little bit about some of our predictions for the NFL end of the, end of the season awards. Um, and at the time, I, I quite honestly, I... I was about half serious about it, but I said that Case Keenum would be my pick for the NFL MVP. And at this time, I don't believe Carson Wentz was injured yet. I can't exactly remember. But after, after kind of seeing the way the playoffs panned out and how well Keenum played at the end of the year and actually really throughout the entire year, is it too much to think that Case Keenum is potentially the most deserving for the NFC MVP? Well, it depends how you want to look at it. And, yes, we need to give you credit for saying that. You, Jack did call Case Keenum as MVP. And, you know, if he wins, if he doesn't get shellacked out in Philly last week and he's in the Super Bowl, maybe people are actually considering it and thinking about it. So hats off to Jack for making that call. I don't think he's deserving of it, more because I think the Vikings kind of overperformed all season. I don't disagree. We saw, yeah, we saw what they were against Philadelphia, a team with a backup quarterback losing 38-7. to seven. The defense, always a little overrated. A good defense, but yeah. got thrashed. Um, Case Keenum, if you want to look at his numbers, 11-3 and three as a starter this year. Mm-hmm. 22 touchdowns, 7 picks. Good numbers. Yeah. Really good numbers. Not MVP quality, 
Um, when you're talking most valuable player, if the Vikings don't have Case Keenum as their quarterback and they got to go with, uh, I mean, I don't know who else. Sam Brad Sam Bradford is not leading the Vikings to a 13 and three record. I don't disagree. Teddy Bridgewater is not. Is Case Keenum? If if there's a most improved player or most yeah most clutch biggest shoe filler player, it'd be Case Keenum. He's simply not MVP and. That brings me, I guess, to the question of who is the MVP of the NFL because if it's not Wentz because he got hurt, yeah, it, it, is it Tom Brady? Well, obviously they have the MVP for you know both the conferences. Um, oh, you're right. So, I think the AFC. I told you I'd be rusty. Yeah, I think the AFC MVP. I think there's some more clear cut options. Yeah, you could probably go with Tom Brady. You could probably go with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, you could probably even go with Antonio Brown. Um, so, I mean, I would say if I had to choose one, yeah, I'm probably going with Brady. I mean, at the end of the day, the guy's simply unreal. It seems to be, you know, status quo that the Patriots are deep in the playoffs, going to the Super Bowl every year. But Patrick, as far as my NFC MVP, I mean, I would have said Wentz, shoot, a month and a half ago, but after that knee injury, I don't know, Patrick, did Wentz do enough to still give him the MVP or do you give it to a guy like Todd Gurley? With the Eagles making the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, uh, you, you can look at it two ways. Wentz, number one, got them in position yep. to have that first-round bye and, and do that, and his numbers were great. And then had he stayed healthy, he would be MVP. Yeah. But then you can also look at it at the from the way of, okay, well, they lost him, their starting quarterback, and they still made the Agreed. Super Bowl. So um, I don't think... I don't think Wentz I think Gurley's. It. I think Gurley's going to get Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, I think Gurley would be a good spot. But... I think this is probably the first time that we have seen a year where there's not a true clear-cut MVP. Um, really, for, for both sides, I guess you could say. There's just so many guys that have played well and played well enough to be put in the conversation. Um, you know, it's, you, you don't have a 2,000-yard rusher like you have in years past or something like that. So um, I think there's been great parity in the NFL this year. Yeah, and that's always great. Um, Shout-out to your grandfather clock beeping in the background over there that's right 3 30 central standard time um but getting into the super bowl now i think tom brady i've mentioned this to you when he saw that he was going against bortles keenum Foles in the final four there i think he was just smiling from ear to ear looking at that yep. because when i look at this game patriots five and a half point favorites i think they cover that easy i think it's going to be uh, a one-sided super bowl we've had you know these great super bowls in recent years but I think we're due for a, a Seattle uh, Seahawks Denver Broncos type blowout. I don't know if it'll be that extreme. Okay. But I think the Patriots are going to run away with this one because if you look at their three losses this year, they gave up 537 yards week one against the Chiefs, 444 against the Panthers, and then 362 against the Dolphins. The Eagles don't really put up massive yards with Nick Foles at quarterback. I mean, and they torched the Vikings. Okay, they torched the Vikings, but how much of that was created by the defense? I, I don't. Yeah, good field position obviously helps. But I mean, Patrick. How many yards yeah. did they have against the Vikings? Do we know? Uh, I haven't even looked I'm at looking. that. But at the end of the day, Patrick, Nick Foles probably played, I mean, one of the best games of a quarterback in, you know, in championship game history. I mean, you think about it, he went yeah. for, what, 350 yards? How many touchdowns? Three, four touchdowns? Yeah. And it really makes you wonder, could Carson Wentz have done that? Would his stats have been wow. 
like Nick Foles? I don't know. You really don't know. That's a good point. That's you know, a very good point. And what I like about Nick Foles and why I think the Eagles have a shot in the Super Bowl is Nick Foles knows who he is, and he doesn't play outside of himself. And that's very important for these backup quarterbacks. I feel like too many times you get these guys that come out here, um, you know, when they're replacing a starter, whether it's an injury or the starter gets benched, but they try and play outside of who they were. And I think ultimately that's what made Case Keenum so successful this year. Case Keenum knew who he was. He knew he had a good running game and a good defense, and he never tur- he didn't turn the ball over. If you don't turn the ball over in the National Football League, you give your chance, you give your team a chance to win, especially with a defense like that. And I think Nick Foles and Doug Peterson understand that. You know, they got a solid running game. Uh, you know, Jay Jai, Legarrette Blunt, Corey Clement, and they have weapons on the outside: Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, and then they got Zach Ertz in the middle of the field. So it, it's going to be a very interesting Super Bowl. I don't think it's going to be as lopsided as people think. Obviously, the game is indoors in a dome, which I think ultimately benefits both teams, but I think it you know, helps the Eagles a lot, too. Um, so I'm, I'm very interested for the Super Bowl. Very excited, Patrick. <clears throat> Talking about Foles, I mean, that's a good point you made about if you, you don't know if Wentz can do what he did in that NFC Championship game. That brings up an interesting question as to he's not a free agent anytime soon. Nope. What? What does Philadelphia do with him? Say he wins. First off, say he wins the Super Bowl, or he doesn't. He still made it to the Super Bowl. Do you have that guy sitting on your bench as a backup, or do you try and get better and trade for, for more pieces? Because you know Wentz, obviously, he's your future, and you he don't is, plan yeah. on him getting hurt again. But there's something to be said about having a legitimate backup, and one like Nick Foles. I mean, I mean, look what it does. It, it kept the team that was really looked down and out when they lost Wentz. Yep. He, he got him to the Super Bowl with a good backup. So how much value do you put in a guy that, in a good backup like that? Do you put more value in him being on your roster, or do you, you know, maybe address an area of need if Philadelphia has one? Yeah, Patrick, that's actually a really great question. And, um, you know, like you said, Carson Wentz is obviously the future in Philadelphia, but he is a quarterback that likes to utilize his legs a little bit, you know, at this point in his career, he's willing to run around, you know, take some hits, and that leaves him susceptible to injuries. Obviously, injuries can happen at all times of the game, but we saw Carson Wentz ultimately blow, out on his, blow his knee out on a scramble. So, I mean, you got to know the way Carson Wentz plays and that there are chances that he could get hurt. Um, so, I mean, the, the Eagles have a tough decision on their hands. Obviously, if Foles goes out and wins the Super Bowl for as well as he's played, some team in the NFL is going to pay him, and they're going to pay him a lot of money. So on the other end of it, Nick Foles is going to have to make a decision. Are you going to want to, you know, set yourself up? I mean, he's already set himself up financially in the future, but are you going to take a massive deal and go to a team, you know, like a Cleveland Browns or the New York Jets? Where you, you know, it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be very difficult, and ultimately. If you don't play well, it might not be a result of yourself. It's going to be a result of the guys around you, and then who knows where your career goes from there. Or do you take high-end backup money, you know, five, six, seven million, probably not even that much, you know, four, five million dollars a year, and sit behind Carson Wentz? Ultimately, we don't know what's going on inside of Nick's head. He's a competitor at the end of the day, and it's going to be very interesting to see what the Eagles do with him. Now, say that he does get shipped or, or whatnot, do you see any – is Cleveland and are Cleveland and the Jets the two teams you see him fitting in? Do you have any specific teams that you think could really use a guy like Nick Foles? Jeez, well, I feel like Cleveland's always in the market for a quarterback. After watching yeah. that quarterback carousel this year, who freaking knows what's going on there? Um, 
you know, Josh McCown played well for the Jets this year, but I believe he's 38. I don't really know how you can think that he's the future. Um, right. As of right now, Patrick, I think those are my, you know, two prime destinations for, for Foles. I could see – who knows what the Giants are going to do too. I know they were trying to – at the end of this season, they were trying to, you know – maybe send Eli Manning off into the sunset, but I'm sure still a lot of teams in the league would love to have Eli Manning as their starting quarterback, a lot of experience, you know, two-time, Super, two-time Super Bowl champion. So um, the Jets, yeah, or Cleveland, Patrick, that's, you know, that's where I see him at right now. If I'm looking in my crystal ball, I'd, I can't see Nick Foles in a Cleveland Browns no. or New York Jets jersey. I just I think he'll be a stay a backup. I um, agree. Mainly because I think the Super Bowl is going to be ugly for him. I know you mentioned, yes, that he put up huge numbers against the Vikings, and, you know, that's great. It kind of reminds me, Minnesota has that improbable win in the divisional round yep. against the Saints, and everyone's saying, oh, my God, look at this team. This is their year. It's destiny. A really emotional win. Everything goes their way in that game. It's kind of the same thing. I mean, it wasn't a nail-biter last play of the game for the Eagles, but everything really seemed to went there, go their way, Agreed. you know, after they gave up the drive you know, first drive of the game for a touchdown, 38 unanswered, pick sixes, they're, they're making plays. Everything went their way. Foles plays the game of his life in the biggest game of his life. Yep. It all just looks like it's crashing down right now for the Eagles. <laughs> Does it? It's not crashing down. Yeah, they're going okay. to the Super Bowl. Yeah. But it it's going to come crashing down because the Patriots grind out a win against the Jags. Brady storms back. You know, I mean – they were tested against the Jaguars team, who right now I think beats the Philadelphia Eagles handily. Um, wow. The experience is going to play a factor. You think about the Eagles, how much Super Bowl experience do any of the players on that roster even have, let alone Doug Peterson, who hasn't even been a coach in the NFL for a very long time. It comes down to coaching and quarterback. I mean, and when you're when you're talking about that in the Super Bowl, yeah. you can't have anything better than Brady and Belichick, so... You're right, Patrick. I mean, we see it time and time again. Nothing phases the New England Patriots. No, I mean and with, the referees will always be on their side. That's right. The NFL will always be on their side. They will forever be indebted to the New England Patriots organization. Um, you know whether the Patriots were right or wrong. You know they've ultimately been the scapegoat for a lot of the scandals that have gone on in the NFL. I think secretly Roger Goodell is working with the Patriots. I agree, one hundred percent. He just basically told him, "Let me publicly shame you, but we'll give you all the calls, and ultimately things will go your way in the end." <clears throat> I've there was a few plays actually in that Jacksonville against New England game that you and I thought maybe were, uh, you know, fixed. I don't remember. Maybe it was a play with Jalen Ramsey down the sideline. It you know before the game, you mentioned to me you thought one of the referees maybe said, "Hey, Jalen." you know, why don't you interfere on this play and, you know, you'll get an extra 500 k yeah. Do you think that'll be going on in the Super Bowl? Oh, absolutely, Patrick. Do you think of all the money that's wagered on the Super Bowl every year? It'd be, it'd be hard for me to believe that, you know, something behind the scenes isn't going on. I know you and I are huge conspiracy theorists when it comes to our professional sports fixed, and there's classic examples all the time, Patrick, and I don't think we really need to talk about it because the entire world saw it, but that Saints game. That play at the end. I mean, uh, (laughs) is there really an explanation for it, honestly? No, there's not. I mean, that brings me to this. So what is how do they convince Williams to do that? What what do they have to offer to him? Okay, I mean, he got he's got shamed and he's a rookie. So he's got a long career ahead of him. He is. He is. I mean, you think about it. How much money is Marcus Williams currently making on his rookie deal? 
probably, you know, two million bucks at the most. Right. Two million dollars at the most, okay. And you think about, you know, what's the ceiling money-wise for, you know, a safety or a defensive back in the NFL? I mean, you got to be one of the elite, elite players to, to make the big-time money. And, and, you know, the rest of the guys, they just kind of fly under the radar, obviously making, I'm not going to say millions, a couple million dollars a year is obviously very nice, and it's a luxury that many people in this country aren't afforded, but... I mean, how much? To, uh, how nice does you know an, an extra million bucks or two, which is pocket change to the NFL, sound in the back of your pocket? You know. Yeah, I, I agree. But so, do you think this? Do you think in the weeks or, or you know, kind of game week prep? Do you think they're practicing these these plays? Are they practicing you know someone going up and Williams diving under him or missing him on the last play right by the boundary? Or is it something that comes up, you know, with seven seconds left? Hey, I just got a page from Goodell. He's going to need you to miss this this tackle and let Diggs score a touchdown. No, I see the way I think it works is they probably the NFL probably comes to them early in the week and they say, "Hey, at some point in the game, would you be willing to fuck up?" But fuck up on purpose, I should say. But you're going to be making a lot of money, and you know whether they say yes or no, um, that will depend on that. And they said uh, there's probably some coordination that goes on. You know, how are we going to do it? What are we going to do? And the NFL basically probably told Marcus Williams, look like the biggest idiot possible on this play. And he did exactly that. Am I wrong? No, you're not. You're right. I mean, he took a, I, he I, took a swan dive. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. He face planted and the rest is history. Yeah. I mean, but when you think about all the – if we sit back and think of all the moments in Super Bowl history, think of the Malcolm Butler interception. Yep. Think of think of all the controversial. Really, the last couple of years, just think about how the Super Bowls have gone. Do you think a team that's as good as the Atlanta Falcons to have a twenty-eight-three lead at the half? You think they're going to blow a lead? You think they're that bad? No. I yeah, I don't know, Patrick. I mean, anytime you have Julio Jones on the outside, I mean, you should and have a twenty-eight-to-three lead in the third quarter, you should win the football game. It was just, it really snowballed for Atlanta. I mean, everybody saw it. It was clear as day. That was just an absolute disaster. So at the end of the day, are professional sports fixed? I think so at certain points. I mean, Tim Donahue, example number one, uh, for those of you that don't remember Tim Donahue, the uh, NBA official who was caught fixing games. Um, so, Patrick, I think it definitely goes on. Do we want to no, th- no, no, no. What? Well, not even pro sports. I was talking to you about this last night. And for anyone that didn't watch, which I'm sure most people didn't, Michigan State versus Wisconsin, there were 28 points yes. scored in the final two and a half minutes of the game for the game to go over by one point. And Wisconsin was intentional fouling down 15 with under 50 seconds to play. That That's absolutely ridiculous. As a fan, I would literally, my eyes would probably be bleeding at that point. You know, I watch <laughs> basketball games, specifically my sister's games, and teams are intentional fouling with a minute and a half left in the game when you're down 25. Like, what the hell are you doing, man? Get out of I, there. I know. I mean, and Patrick, when I when I asked you, when you told me that, my first instinct was, you know, what was the over-under? And lo and behold, the over-under was whatever it was, and it went over by one point. So I, I, I guess, how is there not con- collusion there, Patrick, honestly? No, there is, and, that, and, and that's all that needs to be yeah, said. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <clears throat> well, back to the NFL here. Let's give our final predictions then for the Super Bowl. Would you like me to go first? Would you... Actually, you know what? Let's do it this way. Give me your total points scored for the Philadelphia Eagles in the game. I'm saying they're scoring 
20 points. Okay, I was close. I'll say 24. Okay, and my final score for the Patriots is going to be 35. I'm going to say 31. Oh, it's a good game. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. So, you know, um, I think Brady is going to – I think maybe one of the touchdowns will be a cheap one at the end, but I don't. I think the game will be much more. It won't be as highly contested as as the score seems. Okay. And it'll probably hover around whatever the spread and over under is for most of the time as well. Probably. I saw there was actually like a someone placed like one of the biggest bets in history on the Eagles earlier this week. Really. Yeah. Hmm. It really. Uh, and I think Vegas ultimately yeah. responded with that by, you know, moving the line a little bit. But Interesting. Yeah. So Keep your eye out on that. Mm-hmm. What do they know? Yeah. <clears throat> okay, uh, let's move into the, the league that really showed everyone how to fix things, the NBA. Absolutely. Um, all-star teams now out. The NBA went with the, um, the draft format that, you know, the NHL does. Which I think and, is a uh, great idea. Yeah, it is. But I, my one problem with that, and I talked to you about this, is that you got LeBron and Durant on the same team. Guys that are going to be competing for a championship later in the season. Guys, two best player in the league. I want those guys to be rivals. I want them to hate each other. Yeah. I don't want them playing on the same floor, you know, liking each other, throwing each other alley-oops, giving each other high fives. I don't like that. And is Westbrook Westbrook's also on LeBron's team? Yeah. See, I don't and want Kyrie. him on Durant's team. Wow. Yeah, I don't like that. I mean, I guess if the NBA were to fix something, they should have fixed that draft the other way, but they probably didn't do that. Yeah, Patrick, I I guess my one gripe for the NBA is, and I know there was, you know, some sort of dispute with the Players Association, you know, about it, but why not televise this thing? I mean, the NBA globally is one of the biggest leagues in the world. Why shouldn't this be televised? I I don't understand that. You know, the NHL obviously does. Um, but I think that'd be, you know, something really cool. I, I, I know personally I would enjoy watching that. Um, Absolutely. So I think that's definitely something the NBA needs to, con, um, you know, consider in the future. But, Patrick, I think you're right. I definitely hear what you're saying. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Is, is the NBA using this as kind of a way to, uh, you know, to smooth out some relationships? I guess we'll never know. But um, I know there was a lot of talk prior to this draft what in the big talks were would LeBron draft Kyrie um you know and ultimately he did so it should be an interesting game obviously looking at the teams team LeBron versus team Curry um I would say prior to the DeMarcus Cousins injury the East or team LeBron I should say was going to run away with this thing but I think uh it, it could be a little bit interesting now Patrick now that uh Cousins is out you know, that's something I will never understand with you, your value that you place on DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, you, can the you, team can, has Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, what, Russell Westbrook. They're Le- still far they're star, still far above better than Curry's team. Okay, yeah, no, I'm just saying. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. <clears throat> yeah, it should. It's always fun. I wonder if a team will score... 200 points? Do they usually score... I think, no, they, I think they usually score 200. I think they try to get to 300. Oh, my God. At the end of the day, Patrick, you know, that's I'm just... going to happen. Yeah, I mean, eventually. I'm just looking forward to the uh, to the cool dunks. Um, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. It's out in L.A. this year. Um, should be a great spectacle. Yeah. Um, but circling back to DeMarcus Cousins, you saw he, he goes out for the season yep. last night tearing his Achilles. Yep, gruesome injury. I don't know... 
let me check at the standings right now. So the Pelicans, oh wow, they're in sixth in the West. Yeah, that's that's a that derails them. I don't think they make the playoffs anymore losing him. But Patrick, I have one more theory behind this. You think about it, okay. Team LeBron versus Team Curry draft style in LA. Is this a preview of what we're gonna see for the Los Angeles Lakers next year? LeBron as a Laker. Teaming up with all his buddies. Is this something that could be true? A preview? Yes, it very well could be. And to, to even add on to that, we saw this week that LeVar Ball got his, his debut as an assistant coach. Could yep. the NBA be, be kind of testing the waters with him as a coach to coach that team? Absolutely, Patrick. I think, you're, I think you hit the nail right on the head there. We ultimately know that LeVar is now afraid of LeBron. So I think this is a perfect fit for um, – Fit for LeBron, you you fire Luke Walton, you make LeVar the head coach. LeBron goes to L.A., and he's basically a player coach, right? I mean, LeVar does what LeBron says. Am I wrong? No. And then LeVar ultimately gets what he wants. I mean, you know, LeBron and company come to L.A. You know, they partner up with Lonzo in an already very young L.A. Lakers team. Um, and as we've seen, you know, LeBron James makes players around him better. And ultimately, I'm sure the Lakers win a few titles then. You know, Lonzo's probably putting up pretty good stats. I mean, the big baller brand becomes massive. Is this all part of LeVar's plan? It very well could be. You know, you never put anything past him. You see his kids over in Lithuania having great games. Yeah. The, the big baller brand logo is on center court, and it is also on the referee's uniforms over <laughs> it's there. It's unbelievable, Patrick. I think it's awesome. You know, at first I I was really speechless when LeVar, LeVar Ball broke onto the scene, but he's becoming one of my favorites now, big big supporter of the big baller brand. Yeah, I am as well. And I think LaMelo's great. I think he's going to be better than Lonzo in the pros. Wow. <clears throat> um, but going back to Cousins now, I know last year you were really high on the Pelicans yep. when they made this trade, sure. um, and something clicked this season with him um, because the Pelicans are playing great basketball. Yeah. Do you think losing him, though, do you think they're going to eventually fall out of the playoff spot in the West? <sighs> yeah, Patrick, that's, uh, you bring up a good point there. You know, Marcus Cousins, an elite big man in this league, you know, arguably the best big man in the league. I mean, anytime you're, you know, you're losing – you know, 25 points, 13 rebounds, five assists a game. I mean, that's going to hurt you. Um, and like you said, the Pelicans were playing good basketball. You know, they still have Anthony Davis, um, you know, and another elite big man in this league. But I think in order to compete in the high-flying West, Patrick, you got to have as much star power as possible. So I, I think this, you know, this really definitely hurts the definitely hurts the Pelicans. And I think you're right, Patrick. I don't know if it eliminates them from contention, but... I don't think they're legitimate contenders anymore. This is what I'm going to say. The Pelicans, I told you last year I didn't like the trade for Cousins because I don't really like Cousins, and I just looked. When when Cousins plays under 30 minutes a game this season, okay. and he's done that seven times, the Pelicans are 7-1, and one, okay. or 6-1. and one. So you're going to see Anthony Davis start putting up more numbers he's already averaging 26 i think he'll finish the year around 28 he's gonna have more rebounds he's averaging 10 right now you're gonna see rajon rondo scoring a little bit more you're gonna see drew holiday scoring a little bit more who last year drew holiday was probably the biggest reason they did not make the playoffs that's right um his his play at guard so if you see those guys all kind of step their game up and play a little bit better it wouldn't be crazy to see them stay in the playoff race they got to hold off it looks like the clippers 
Uh, so, I mean, Denver will make it. Portland will make it. Clippers are 24 and 24 right now. I think you look at those two teams. I think the Pelicans will sneak in with the eight seed. But Patrick, at the end of the day, is anybody else coming out of the West other than Golden State or the Rockets? No. And that's all that needs to be said. It's great conversation for guys like us, Patrick. But I think the NBA has probably already decided who the the conference finals matchups are, and ultimately the NBA finals matchups. I wouldn't be surprised. I know the Cavaliers are down right now. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's Cavs, Golden State again. And ultimately, again, that's what the NBA wants. That's what we all want. It is. I mean, is there anything better than the NBA Finals, Golden State versus the Cavaliers? No. No. There's not. The NBA needs LeBron in the Finals. And, you know, they've really benefited from having the Warriors. Obviously, you got star power there, too. So, um, I I just can't. Hold on a second. Before you crown the Cavs as the Eastern champs again... Boston's 35 and 14, yep. and I've been seeing Gordon Hayward getting some shots up. He's going to be back. He's going to come back for the playoffs. No, Not he won't. maybe the first round. He will be back for when they play Cleveland, and he will come back with revenge, and it'll be a Boston versus Houston championship. No, it series. won't be, Patrick. The man split his leg in half. Um, I've, I've been seeing the same videos as you. He can barely push off of that leg, he's very ginger on it. Um, extremely unfortunate what happened to him. But, Patrick, I look back to last year, and I know I brought this up to you. I was actually watching um, a TV show, and Chris Broussard was talking about it. And he said, and I went back and looked, around this time every year is usually when the Cavaliers have struggled historically. And I think it's ultimately, I'm not saying the Cavs are struggling on purpose, but it kind of reinforces in management's eyes that, hey, you know, we need to go out there and we need to make some additions and ultimately, you know, prepare this team for a deep run, and we can't get complacent. And another thing is, Patrick, Boston was playing well last year as well. Now, I know they've made some additions, the addition of Kyrie Irving, but they were the best team in the East last year, weren't they? And the Cavs ultimately, at the end of the day, they accepted that two spot, and then they went in and they lambasted them in the Eastern Conference Finals. So, Patrick, at the end of the day, it's going to be Golden State versus the Cavaliers. Mark it down. I'm calling it right now. You can say that they struggled at this time historically. They were. I'm telling you now. Since Christmas, they're four and ten. They've never been four and ten since Christmas. No. Ever. Okay. It is not the same team. We're seeing an aging LeBron James. Who, yes, he is still the best player in the NBA. Is he having he one of the cannot, best seasons of his career? He is. He's aging though, in the sense that his teammates are suffering with his play. Yes, he's putting up great points, great assists, great rebounds. But he just doesn't have that. I don't know what it even is. He doesn't have it. He can't just. Really? He can't bring his team up with him anymore. Okay. Well, Pat, Patrick, one more thing. Another comment to this. All of this has been happening since Isaiah Thomas has come back. Would you say he has something to do with that? Yeah, well, you'll never know. I guess we'll never know. I'd like to see Derrick Rose be the starting. Point I don't guard. disagree with you, Derrick Rose. I. As a sideshow, I think he can be a great NBA. Or I shouldn't say great. A good. NBA guard. He's shooting 51% from the floor this year. Yeah, but how many games has he played? He sat out three months with a sprained sprained ankle. Shooting 90% from the line. My God, give him some more minutes. I agree. Isaiah Thomas goes out and shoots about 4 of 40 every night. Isaiah Thomas shooting. He's averaging 1.8 three-pointers made per game and taking 6.4 of them. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he, he, 
I mean, at what I mean what do you expect? The guy's as tall as me. You really think he can yeah, play I mean, like at what, in the NBA for more than a year? Freaking Tyron Luke can probably back Isaiah Thomas down. Yeah. You know what, actually, speaking of Derrick Rose, I'm going to click on his profile. I'm going to see his on-off splits and see what, what's going on here. Yeah, Patrick, I, was, I, I believe I, it was about three weeks ago now. I was watching, I was watching Cavaliers-Golden State. It was a Monday night. Uh, Golden State ultimately won, but after a play, I saw Kevin Durant rub Isaiah Thomas on the head. Like, as a professional athlete, how embarrassing is that? And obviously, Isaiah, you know, he got a good laugh and a smile out of that. They're probably buddies, but to have a grown man rub you on the head? Yeah. That's like something you do to your little brother. Like, I Uh, I I know. (laughs) It just baffles me. Um, hmm. Okay, well, going back to Derrick Rose here. His plus minus per 100 possessions um, that he's on or off the court. When he's on the court, the Cavs are minus 12. So uh, that could that might explain why he is not in the lineup as much. Yeah. And again, you mentioned he's a guard. He's averaging less than two assists per game. So. Yeah, we'll see. I think Derrick Rose being in the lineup. And two and, ben- and a half turnovers per game. Benefits the Cavaliers, I'll say that. I'm glad you. I'm glad you're coming around. He's always been a, a player that I've liked. Um, Let's. But you know, talking about another point guard, Kyrie Irving. Yep. Did you do you think there's any truth to the rumors that he was going to sit out the entire season with a knee injury this year if he wasn't traded? Patrick, I don't know. Who knows what goes on in these guys' heads? I mean, I can't envision as a former athlete sitting out an entire year because you didn't want to play for a team. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that because Barry Sanders ultimately retired because he did not no longer want to play for the Lions. But I, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, the guy's made enough money in his career. Would, how much does it really matter to him if he doesn't play? So I don't know. I just think it was a toxic environment. I think the Cavaliers made the right decision by trading him. And, you know, Kyrie's gone to Boston, played very well, MVP-type numbers. So I think it's going to be – I think it's going to make for a great Boston Cavaliers playoff series, Patrick. So you're bagging Isaiah Thomas, but then you said the Cavs made the right move trading for him. Yeah, because Isaiah Thomas has not played well. But how is it the right move getting rid of Kyrie? You don't think the Cavs would be better if they had Kyrie? Yeah, but Patrick, it's if if a guy's going to be you know a locker room cancer, you can't really hold on to him, right? No, but they still have problems because Kevin Love is faking a sickness in the locker room. <laughs> Do not. Can you speak on that? Ah, uh, yeah, Patrick, I don't. Like you said, I've heard heard reports about that. Um, for all of our fans that don't know, Kevin Love came out during a game and said he was sick, and they ultimately sent him back to the locker room because he could no longer play. He was too ill. And he went home, and apparently some of his teammates questioned or said that he wasn't actually sick. So I, I don't know, Patrick. Who knows? It's the LeBron effect. He did it to Bosch. He single-handedly ruins guys' careers. And Kevin Love's the second best player on the Cavaliers. Oh, really? He he gave Chris Bosch a heart condition. Was there so much stress oh. that his heart heart couldn't take it anymore, Patrick? Well, who knows? Could be because uh, he made Kevin Love apologize in front of the whole team for his actions. I heard it wasn't even LeBron in the locker room. I heard like J.R. Smith and Amon Shumpert and Isaiah Thomas were just grilling him. And LeBron needs to step in there and say, listen, he's better than all you guys. I don't know, man. LeBron was probably busy posting on Instagram about how he's striving for greatness or writing up that, you know, that letter from old LeBron to young LeBron. So who knows? 
LeBron, a character unlike any other. Yeah, but I know he's one of your favorites. It varies. Um, and then finally, Lonzo Ball, as we mentioned, his brother's playing out in Lithuania. He has a rap concert scheduled in Lithuania. Um, I just want to point out, since he's been injured, as we say hello to the grandfather clock again, real professional look there, Jack. Um, I just want to say Lonzo Ball, since he's been out with his injury, I think bruised knee, the, the Lakers have been streaking, just got to win on the road against the Bulls. Jordan Clarkson, way yeah. better than him. Um can you talk about, you know, Lonzo Ball? I've said it for a long time when he's on the court. The Lakers are worse. Do you think this is kind of showing that? Obviously, Patrick teams, you know, get hot and go on streaks at different times throughout the season. I've I've said it for years now. Jordan Clarkson is probably one of the most underrated guards in this league. He should be a starting point guard. Um, but ultimately, the Lakers made an investment in Lonzo Ball. And I do I think Lonzo Ball, you know, has a bright future? I do, Patrick. I think, you know, he's a great passer. Uh, he's a great teammate. His shot is obviously still coming around. Um, but I think at the end of the day, he ultimately makes players around him better. Uh, do I think Lonzo needs, you know, a bigger player around him? Yes. So that's why I think LeBron would be a good foot fit in L.A. LeBron and company, I should say. So um, I'm just really interested to see this NBA offseason, Patrick, and uh, what ultimately happens. You think anyone goes to Chicago? No. Well, maybe, you know, maybe like a Pau Gasol at the end of his career or something like that. Oh, yeah. He'll, he'll come back to Chicago. That makes sense. No, the thing with the Bulls is they, they did all this. They're like, okay, let's get worse. Let's be real bad. Let's commit to direction. Get rid of everyone. They trade Jimmy Butler. They get rid of the, every piece that is good, really. Yep. And they get Markkinen, who is, he looks good. And Chris Dunn, he looks good. And Zach Levine, good. he looks good. And they're all trending the right direction, and they all look good. But none of those guys are pieces that are going to win you a championship. No. Or they are pieces, but they're not go-to guys that are going to win you a championship. You need that all-star. So the the idea was to tank this season, but the Bulls are sitting here looking like they're going to win over 30 games. And really, in a draft where there are players that can make a difference on a team, I think, it's like the Bulls pick this direction to be bad, but they still can't even be bad. They're just still stuck in this kind of middle-of-the-pack Just mediocre, range. yeah. Yeah. It's really frustrating as a Bulls fan. So with that being said, do you think is the rebuild for the Bulls going as they had planned? Their players are performing really, I think, above expectations. But where do they go from here? Uh, You bring up a lot of great points, Patrick. Obviously, you know, like you said, their young guys are playing well. Um, But you're right. In order to win in this league and be competitive in this league, you need a superstar. You really do. Um, and I, at this time, I just don't. Chicago is not an attractive destination for a superstar in this league. It's it's just not, and which no. is unfortunate because, you know, Chicago, one of the meccas of basketball, um, you know, superstars should want to go there. But as we saw a couple of years ago with Carmelo, ultimately turned down the Bulls and decided to go back to the disaster that was the New York Knicks. Um, so Patrick, I don't know. I mean, I think the Bulls are trending in the right direction. Um, I know prob- they're not – what's his face? The uh, – why am I forgetting his name? Miritich, sorry. He, uh, he'll pr- he'll probably won't be a member of the Bulls for much longer. I know they're going to trade him prior to the Hopefully. deadline. Yeah. I mean, I think they have to trade him, Patrick. You have to. And I think management – Lopez. Yeah, I agree, Lopez. I mean, you spent a first-round pick on Bobby Portis a few years ago. He needs to play more. you got to give him time, you know, to develop and really show what he has. 
So I, I like Zach Levine a lot, Patrick. I was watching him. I was actually, it was the replay of um, Bulls-Pelicans where I think it was an overtime game. I was watching it as I was running on the treadmill a few days ago. And uh, I, I really liked what I saw Zach Levine. Obviously, we all know he's extremely athletic, but he seems to add, you know, he's become more of a basketball player compared to an athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Patrick, uh, one more thing before, I, uh, before we move on to a different topic here. Does it seem to be, have you been reading the reports that there seems to be trouble in paradise? And when I say trouble in paradise, I mean the whole relationship between Kawhi Leonard and the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, yeah. You know, I haven't actually heard anything about that, but that makes sense because the Spurs are a team that every year they fly under the radar and no one really, you're like, oh, Spurs, two or three seed every single season. They'll win 60 games. This year, that's not the case. I saw Tony Parker is now on the bench. Yep. Kawhi Leonard has hardly been playing, and I remember you and I having a conversation about a month back, and I said Kawhi Leonard was the most underrated player in basketball. Well, he's he's not even really playing like he should. He's not even playing. Not like a starter. Yeah, I know. He's not even playing. So, so I mean, I, before we continue, Patrick, I'll just give you a quick update on what the situation is. Apparently, um, I believe he's only played about nine or ten games this year, and he's been out for you know quite a while now with a quad injury, and. The problem is what the problem that the Spurs are having with it is, you know, he's gone through a whole bunch of tests with, you know, San Antonio's doctors and stuff like that. And they basically come back and say, Kawhi, there's nothing wrong with you. But, you know, he has this quad injury that is forcing him to not play. Um, so reports were coming out that the Spurs, you know, were just kind of they were kind of between a rock and a hard place. They're like, well, what do you really do? I mean, all of our doctors are telling us that, you know, there's nothing wrong with him, but he keeps complaining about this injury and says he can't play. So now ultimately they've basically told him, Kawhi, take as much time away as you need. Go do whatever you have to do to rehab this. Go to your doctors or whatever and just basically come back to us when you're ready. I think that's all it seems like you can do. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, like I said, the the Spurs are really in a rock and a hard place. I mean, they're a roster that continues to get older and older. Um, and, you know, you got a bright young player like a Kawhi Leonard, but, you know, something is apparently wrong with him. So I don't really know what you have. You obviously got an all-star in the Marcus Aldridge, averaging 22 points a game. So at what point of this, as the Spurs do you consider just blowing this entire thing up and kind of starting a full rebuild? Wasn't there something before the season that LaMarcus Aldridge didn't want to play for the Spurs this I, year too, though? Yeah, I have no idea. I know there was Manny Ginobili didn't even know if he was going to come back. I mean, how much can you? How much longer can you rely on guys like Ginobili and Tony Parker to actually produce for your basketball team? Yeah, I agree. So and and good because Popovich is a crab ass and I don't like him. <laughs> is he like Belichick? No, he's not like Belichick. <laughs> he's a crab ass. He's, no. Yeah, it's funny. I don't like. <clears throat> okay. So as we transition out of basketball here, just one thing I want to touch on. Trey Young obviously has taken the nation by storm. I'm averaging over 30 a game, about 10 assists, five rebounds, putting up numbers like Steph Curry did in college. People are comparing him to Steph Curry. I've watched him quite a bit. I've seen him play himself, play his team out of games. I've seen him play his team into games. I think He's the number one pick in the NBA draft. Probably. He he's the only he's the only player that can Not Bagley? No, not Bagley. Bagley I think will be a solid pro, but I'm talking NBA All-Star, MVP status sure. player. You got to remember Trey Young is 18 years old and he's doing this. Yeah, that's true. He's incredible. 
you got to take him number one, whoever gets the number one pick, because you are literally, you're drafting Steph Curry. Wow. Bold prediction. But I, yeah, I so that's all I want to say. Okay. About him. Yeah, wonderful. I mean, Patrick, as I've told you, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to college basketball, but uh, I saw that game Trey Young had a few, had about a week ago. I think it was at Oklahoma State, Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, did he, how many shots did he take, Patrick? 35? 39. 39. I mean, that's, uh, kind of leaves me speechless almost, but he kept his team in the game and hit some, you know, huge shots. So, um, you know, just like to see it as a fan of the NBA, you know, rising young stars moving into the league. So I think it's just good for the league ultimately. Yeah. All right. Um, what else we got here on the slate? Uh, we got to talk some baseball, and then I think we can move into Should we go with some, some, some fun stuff. Yeah, that's good. That's a good idea, Patrick. <laughs> what, were, what were you going to say, Jack? No, I was going to say we could move into some odd news right now. but uh, uh, Ah, okay. No, let's start, with, well, just, let's start with some baseball, Patrick. Yeah, okay, here we go. Well, the Brewers had an amazing week. I think they're going to win the, M- the NL Central now. Wow. You add Lorenzo Cain, Christian Yelich, and Ryan Braun. That's your outfield. That's a pretty darn good outfield. You got a team that returns Eric Thames, who, you know. Well, the guy hit that hit 250? Runs. Yeah, he hit a lot of home runs and hit 250. So, I mean, that's fine. Out of your first baseman, that's all you want. Arcia is going to continue to get better. I don't know who their second baseman is. Travis Shaw, you got to think. Yeah. He's a good player, too. Yep. Uh, who, who's their catcher? Uh, I think they it's got a, some holes. I think it's a mix of Manny Pena and, uh, shoot, some other guy. Andrew Susak? No, no, no. Uh, shoot, I forget his name. But, yeah, Manny Pena I know is one of them. Either way, the Brewers got a lot better. A team that, you know, barely missed the playoffs, kind of crashed and burned at the end. But if they – I'll say this. If they add – Arietta or Darvish, which I've heard they're kicking the tires on both. They're winning the NL Central and they're winning the NL. Yes, Patrick, I've heard Darvish and Arietta link to them, but I've also know for a fact that the Brewers are shopping Domingo Santana. Um, you know, their young outfielder had a great year last year for him. I think he hit about twenty five homers, drove in almost ninety runs, but uh trading him for a starting pitcher. And, you know, Patrick, I'm, ultimately I'm a little torn on this as far as the Brewers. You got an aging Ryan Braun in the outfield, and, you know, ultimately they're looking to free up space in the outfield. I think the Brewers need to look at trading Ryan Braun. I think at this point in his career, Ryan Braun can still hit the baseball as we know. I think he's a prime DH candidate for a team, Patrick. Or do you consider moving Ryan right now, keeping Ryan Braun, and moving him to first base and not making Eric Thames an everyday player? Hmm. Did, is Braun, did Braun play third when yeah, he first he came Yeah, he broke into the league as a third baseman. Hmm. That's a good idea, too. I mean, they they definitely be adding those outfield pieces. They're already deep there in yeah. terms of prospects, so they got guys to move. Yeah, I mean. They're in a real good position. Yeah, right they now. just traded, obviously, you know, Lewis Brinson, one of their uh, one of their top prospects, potentially even their top prospect. And they still have Keon Broxton, who played a lot of games in center yeah. field for them last year. Um, and I also think another thing that you need to think about when considering Braun, um, he's a below average fielder, Patrick. He's been a below average fielder his entire career, but, uh, Eric Thames had, did play above average at first base last year. He was actually, you know, a lot of people viewed, viewed him only as a hitter and he actually played a pretty solid first base for the Brewers. So, um, you know, by taking him out of the lineup and swapping Braun in, you know, you're losing potentially, a a better glove out there and you're obviously paying Ryan Braun a lot of money. So, 
Um, I think the Brewers have some decisions on their hand. I know right now, Patrick, the big trade that everyone's kind of talking about is uh, Domingo Santana for Danny Salazar, which I think could be extremely risky for the Brewers. I don't know how I feel about that. Obviously, when he's hot, healthy, Salazar is, you know, a one or two in, in this league. But, I mean, do you trade one of your futures for a guy that's been consistently injury-prone? Jesus Christ. Just let him bark, man. He, he wants to be on the show, too. Um, moving on here as I get back on track. Jack Deichel, of course, always lacking professionalism. Um, Detroit Log- Tigers changed their logo up. I, I saw the fans were up in arms in that about that. They've really just made the font a little bit thinner, I believe, from the old one. It actually looks cleaner. I don't know why the fans are so mad, but I guess it's a more traditional. The old one was supposed to be a super traditional, iconic logo, and, and they changed that. But it was time for change in Detroit. They've been irrelevant in the AL Central. Uh, Miggy's getting old. It's time for a new new era in Detroit, so... Detroit fans, stop being so mad about that. I know there's not much for you guys to be happy about, but stop being mad about that. Um, yeah. And Manny Machado, I don't know where he's going to end up. I know the Orioles said he's going to stay. He's going to play shortstop this year. I think that just came out today. But I know Sox Fest is going on right now, White Sox Fest, and a lot of people f- still think that he's going to end up being on the White Sox for some reason. Do you think that? Do you think that he's going to? Uh, probably not. I know the Sox ultimately probably have a lot of pieces that they could, uh, that they could trade for Machado. And I think if you trade a guy like Machado to the White Sox, you're, I mean, are the Orioles asking, you know, for the, some of their top prospects? I mean, you got to think what's his face, the guy that they just, why am I blanking on his name? Refresh my memory, Patrick. Who? The White Sox. Who did they bring up last year? Moncada? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Is Moncada going to the, is he going to the Orioles? If you bring over Machado, you got to think, right? Well, I mean, they'd be smart because that guy's not going to be good. And okay, I'm saying that right now. Okay, fair but enough. They think he's going to be good, just like Eloy Jimenez will not be good because he's Jorge Soler 2.0. Oh, can't wait to see Eloy break into this league. But continue, Patrick. Um, yeah, the White Sox. So I know the fans are high on them. They think, oh, we're just following what the Cubs did, but it doesn't work that way. It doesn't always work out that picture perfect. And really, when you look at it, it didn't work out too picture perfect for the Cubs. Yes, they won the World Series, but they're not going to win another one anytime soon. So let's just keep that in mind. Okay. Um, And moving away from the MLB, I just want to highlight that in the UFC, Stipe Miocic, the heavyweight champion, will be fighting Daniel Cormier, the light heavyweight champion. They just announced that. So I want to hear your prediction on this, Jack, just based on what I tell you. Stipe is the heavyweight champ. He's defended about three times. That guy's massive, isn't he? Well, he beat that Nganu guy, that big... Uh, African dude that they've pretty much found in the jungle and brought him over to fight. He just beat that guy who everyone thought was going to run through him. He's now considered probably the best heavyweight of all time. He's fighting Daniel Cormier, who of course has only ever lost to John Jones. And you you wonder if John Jones was always on PEDs in those fights. So well, is Cor- isn't Cormier in this position because John Jones has been busted for something like twice? Well, yeah, Cormier is the light heavyweight champ now because Jones okay. obviously got busted. So he's moving up to heavyweight where uh, he has fought before and he's undefeated there. And he's challenging for the heavyweight belt. And it's uh, well, probably going to be his last fight of his career. Yeah, I mean, I look at that belly on Cormier. I mean, he looks like he should be a heavyweight. Um, but uh, hmm, DC, I don't really know a whole lot about the other guy, Patrick, but uh, hmm. what's the other guy's name, Patrick? Stipe Miocic. He's also yeah, a, a volunteer fire, or maybe it might be even a full-time Oh, yeah, isn't that guy from around here? 
No, he's from Ohio. Okay, well, never. Yeah, I mean, that's Midwest kind of around here. Yeah, I'm going to go with Miocic on this one. I think he opened as the betting favorite, so good call there. I'm taking DC. DC, if he wins that fight, he is the greatest fighter of all time, in my opinion. Uh, that is 100% false. It's Brock Lesnar. Who I heard is making a return to the UFC this year. Well, I thought he was going to play in the XFL. He might do both. And maybe yeah, Johnny Manziel will do both. Yeah, at the end of the day, Brock Lesnar is an entertainer, and leagues benefit from him being in them. Yep, and I think we could still see a John Jones Brock Lesnar fight. Probably. I mean, I yeah, might it Steroids be not, legal? Yeah, might it not be in the UFC? Yes, but I think it could happen, Patrick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then one more thing on MMA. Just as a fan, do you think Conor McGregor will ever fight again? Yes. Do you think he'll fight this year? In 2018, you're saying? Yes. Uh, I mean, you got to think, Patrick, uh, if something were kind of in the works, you'd be hearing a little bit about it, right? I mean, how yeah. much time does Connor really need to train for a fight? Well, I think he always is posting pictures training, but a typical fight camp is about eight weeks. Okay. So yeah, Patrick, I think I, I don't think it'd be unrealistic to think that McGregor fights probably at the you know, towards the end of two thousand eighteen. I think we could see McGregor again. I mean he obviously made a lot of money in the Mayweather fight. Um, you know, so he can live off that for a while. He lives a pretty lavish lifestyle. But uh I think at some point, yeah, we'll definitely see McGregor again and like you said, potentially even this year. Well, I sure hope so. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Let's move into the weird news slash current events slash today in history. I don't, do you have a historical thing for today or no? Uh, yeah, I do, but I, I kind of like my kind of like my odd news. I think you know maybe that's something we can just roll with for now. All right, let's hear it. <sighs> okay, Patrick. Uh, so my odd news of the week: um, an inmate who escaped federal prison in Texas. Um, he was caught trying to sneak back into prison, but he was bringing with him snacks, alcohol, tobacco, and cooked food. And Patrick, it, this story gets even better. Apparently, this is a common thing or something that happens a lot in this prison. Um, it says in the article, according to a deputy, Marcus McClellan, he said inmates walking off the prison grounds to return with contraband is not a new phenomenon. He said it has been occurring pretty much since day one. So, the way I look at it, this is a federal prison, and this yeah. this is like a status quo? Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, they, have the, they post a picture of this stuff, right? They have the picture in the article right now, and I mean, it's... It looks like, you know, he's got some chicken wings, like some sausages. He's got some vegetables, so I mean, he's got a very well-rounded meal here. Um, he's got some dum-dums, some Fritos, some mixed nuts. So, I mean, a pretty good haul by this guy right here. And, uh, probably not only himself, but a lot of inmates were probably pretty disappointed when he didn't make it back. But, uh, so here's, so he escapes prison. Yes. He, well, he, and, yeah, he escaped and then a car with all of this stuff at like a vacant lot, not too far from the prison, dropped this off basically in like a giant duffel bag. And, uh, yeah, he was bringing it back in and got caught. So if you're, why would you not just keep running? Well, I don't know. Maybe he wanted to take care of his homies in prison. Okay, so that brings me to this question. If Let's say you got, how much time do you think he has? 
before they notice he's gone. Uh, see, they do checks. Yeah, yeah. I'd say probably five to six hours. So you, let's say you have six hours. You personally, where are you going? What are you doing? What are you bringing back? Ooh, what are you bringing back mm. in the, in those five hours? Where do you think you can get to to go get stuff? Are you just stopping at a gas station? Or are you a are Walgreens? You going to a restaurant? Prob- Walgreens. Kind Actually, of you know. where does he have money to buy this stuff? Oh, I mean, they can make money in prison, right? I don't know. I think, yeah, I think they can make money in prison doing, like, small jobs and stuff like that. Um, and, I mean, I don't think all of this, ultimately, I don't think all of this was for him. So you probably got a, you know, a pool of inmates, you know, pooling their money together um, and buying all these snacks and stuff like that. Oh, so he didn't deliver. He got, jeez. Yeah. So he's, he's not going to want to return to his cell. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately they probably know the risk he's running here. So, I mean, if he does get caught, you know, how much can you really blame the guy, you know? I guess they still have, they still, he still took his money. How do you, how do they know he's not conspiring with the, the, the sheriffs? That's a great question, Patrick. You know, obviously if a dude's just lugging in a bunch of chicken wings and stuff like this, and according to the sheriff, it appears to be status quo. You got to think, you know, there's a little side hustle going on or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> is that all you got for odd news that's all i got patrick okay i got quite a few so let's let's get through these here um so there was of course the tragic shooting at the kentucky school yep um did you see that the well the, i don't know if the shooter has been named i think it was someone under 18 and also there's a reporter that i guess was going to cover this okay and uh she goes to cover this event and while she's there covering it, she finds out that the suspect is her son. What? Really? Yeah. An unnamed wow. reporter, the son, the guy that did the shooting was her son. And she declined to comment. He declined to comment. But, I mean, can you think of that? You're going to work and you find out that what you're covering such a terrible event. Your son did. Uh, how do you feel? What do you do? Yeah, I know. That's earth shattering right there. Obviously, extremely unfortunate. Um, <clears throat> you know, yeah. I... Wow, kind of leaves me speechless, Patrick. And so the two main points of emphasis, I guess, after this were, number one, because, of course, the politicians got in on it, were that, number one, killings cannot be celebrated anymore, and they made references to all the killing and the shooting games and movies that are going on now. You know, Call of Duty, you and I play a lot. Everyone, probably one of the most played games in the world. You're celebrating getting a kill every time. They think that's contributing to the culture. And then number two, Steve West, the day that this happened, within hours, started drafting a bill that called for more armed guards in schools. Okay. Well, Patrick, my my first response to this, I I have two responses. First, I'll ask a politician if they ever used a fire shotgun in Call of Duty because it's an absolutely, uh, I don't even know how to describe (laughs) the feeling. And two, have you ever gotten paratroopers in Call of Duty? Because, again, another liberating feeling. So, Patrick, I think it's absolutely ridiculous how people continue to, you know, just, you know, the backlash on video games, yeah, it's ridiculous, Patrick. Video games are a lot of fun. You know, they're a great way to relax. Um, and f- for the people who say that video games cause this, people who decide to go shoot up a school, um, you know, I've been playing video games. You and I, Patrick, have been playing video games for a long time. A lot of gun games, a lot of killing. And uh, I can honestly say I don't think the the thought has ever crossed my mind to go shoot up a school as a result of playing these video games. 
so it's absolutely ridiculous, Patrick. You know, people are just finding any way these days to uh, further their platform. So, um, yeah, ridiculous. Do you do you agree with the bill calling? Well, the, specifically, the guy said we just need more guns in schools. I mean, and then he said, you know, more armed guards. But I think it's a good thing because, you know, you see these buildings all the time now. They've got these no-gun stickers. I mean, what really – no, no shit. I can't bring a fucking gun into the goddamn building. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, what is that going to do? But if you got a, some guards there standing at the front door with some freaking artillery ready to go, it's, it's going to help. People know that when they walk there. They're, anyone that's normal with a normal – not even conscious mind because these people are – retarded and fucked in the head but <laughs> anyone with a normal mind is not going to say oh well uh, i'm yeah i can shoot these guys i don't they have guns so do i i don't care i just th- i think it's a good bill and i think it should be passed we do need more guns in schools like they say patrick the old adage never bring a knife to a gunfight." uh yeah i agree <clears throat> moving on some more kind of sad news here um this eight-year-old boy crashed his bike Got a cut on his foot, cut on his ankle. You know, standard little kid playing around. Yeah. Well, that progresses. Uh, and the infection spreads all the way up to his armpit, over his whole body. He had a condition called a condition called necrotizing fasciitis. It's a it's a flesh eating disease, and uh, eventually overcame this young man. Crashed his bike, and flesh eating disease ended up taking his life. Wow, that's really unfortunate. Um, yeah, I guess the moral of the story is, you know, you just got to apply the proper ointment and, you know, they make uh, cool band-aids. So it's not a huge deal for little kids to put on a nice cool band-aid. Yeah. And that's all I think it needs to be said. That's a good point. You got to buzz light your band-aid, slap it on there, Lightning McQueen, anything you want. Yeah, you're probably going to be a badass at school. Of course. Um, now, you know, mosquito season is not here. It won't be here for a couple more months, but when it is here... This doctor named Dr. Riffle, him and his colleagues did a study. They put mosquitoes and different orders, odors into a vortex. And that vortex created vibrations similar to the vibrations created when you kind of swipe at a mosquito or swipe at bugs, you know, a forearm or a hand. Sure. You know, kind of misses them but swipes them out of the way. And in just 15 minutes, the mosquitoes learn to associate the odors with the different vibrations. So what the study proved is that even though you think that swiping the mosquitoes away isn't going to be doing anything, really the mosquitoes learn and they stay away because your body, of course, produces a different, you know, scent or odor than somebody else's body. Everyone's is unique. So if you got mosquitoes around, you keep swiping away, they're going to learn to stay away from you. Hmm. That's interesting, Patrick. It's definitely something I would consider using. Yeah. Keep, you you know, get a workout, swiping around, maybe do some dances. You're keeping mosquitoes away. So <laughs> <clears throat> keep doing that. Now, listen to this funny news. In Paris, California, Essie Grundy is the name of this woman. She's suing a Walmart, or suing Walmart, I guess, for being racially discriminated against while looking for beauty products. Now. Okay. I mean, everyone's suing everyone these days, so I don't really take the sides of these people that are suing people, especially for stuff like this. But at the same time, it makes me wonder what Walmart's thinking, and I, re- I want to hear their comment. They haven't commented on it yet. So what she happened? was looking she was looking for beauty products. Um, you know, she sees the hair, makeup, you know, all that stuff, whatever girls are buying at the store. She sees it, but obviously different pigment. She's an African American woman. She's not the same color as the, the women on the boxes. 
So she keeps going down the aisle. She asks the question, hey, where can I find, you know, stuff for black people? And uh, they direct her to this, this corridor, and it's all the same stuff, laid out the same exact way as the other stuff, but all the products for African Americans are enclosed in a locked... Wow. Um, in a locked <laughs> in a locked case. So uh, she's suing Walmart. She says she doesn't want her children or anyone else has ever experienced that type of feeling. But, you know, I mean... Should she be suing? No, probably not. But also, what is Walmart doing? Yeah, what's, man. What's and the reasoning? I honestly, Patrick, hey, I'm going to go away from this, but I see some of the PR nightmares that that some of these companies like bring upon themselves, and I, 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 I can't even, I can't even fathom like what these people are thinking. Like, I think it was H and M a few weeks ago came out with a. A, a yes. little sweatshirt, like I, I don't even something like a cute little monkey or something like that. I think, which I think it was you know, coolest is, monkey in the jungle. Yeah, coolest monkey in the jungle, and like you know, that's for like a normal little kid. That's a cool shirt, but in their advertisement or on their website, wherever they had it, they had a little black boy wearing it. Now, <laughs> what, like what? What are people doing, man? I don't, I don't, I do not get it. I consistently see it in these, and these people are obviously paying a lot of money. You know, to produce content like this, or the person who greenlights something like this, I'm sure is making a lot of money. I mean, how does this stuff fly? I don't understand it, Patrick. It frustrates me uh, for someone who you know is sort of in the industry, I guess you could say. But I, I just, I don't, I don't get it, Patrick. It, it, it blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, it's it does produce very funny headlines. I will give it that. But yeah, I don't know what some people are thinking. Yeah. <clears throat> talk about some ai so google clips is a camera that just went on sale kind of under the radar no one's really talking about it but it's a camera that is run by ai artificial intelligence and the camera detects when it sees something interesting and it takes a picture of it you just set it up somewhere it takes a picture of something that it deems interesting so they're marketing this a lot towards parents you know to put in like wherever their child's playroom or wherever their kids are so you know they see their kids like having a candid moment oh let's take a picture of that and i think it'll capture moments like that but it's also freaky because you never know like it's this whole thing everything you do is going to be recorded eventually here so I yeah mean, ai is freaky and this camera is freaky but it is cool though i'll give it no that. definitely yeah i mean you see like some of these robots and shit they're coming out with like i don't who knows man yeah Another thing, Google's Google's just pumping out everything right now. They're starting an app called Bulletin, and it's an app that allows anyone to post stories, news, share pictures, really on a universal bulletin. So, I mean, kind of, kind of reminds kind of like me of Facebook. And, oh. Oh, Facebook, too. I mean, anything, really. I haven't gone on the app, but, I mean, they're making a big deal out of it, so I guess hmm. everyone can be their own newsbreaker, newsbreaker journalist on the, the Bulletin app. Interesting. Now, something close to our hearts. Esports. Are you big on the industry? Do you think it's going to take off? Yeah, Patrick. I mean, uh, as a fan of you know specifically FIFA, I mean, I see how big FIFA is worldwide, and I see they have you know worldwide competition. So I know for a fact that's big. But yeah, Patrick, I think you know esports is going to be huge. Yeah. So Lionsgate um, is estimating that it's going to be worth upwards of two billion dollars by next wow. year. And uh, I was actually at an economic conference about a week ago and one of the the panelists there he actually pitched esports as one of his top three things that are going to just take off before 2020 um he referenced you know the purse for like some big gaming tournament was 
20 times that of the Masters. And, you know, when you think about it, I mean, you and I, when we're playing video games, sometimes I just watch you play, sometimes you just watch me play, and there is something just entertaining about it. And yeah. I can, you, you see, you know, NBA teams now are getting official E-League teams. Yeah. You can see where people would tune into TV to watch a video game. I can see it in the future. Yeah, no, the, you know, some of the raw emotion that comes from playing video games is extremely entertaining, Patrick. Yeah. Um, you know, especially on platforms like Twitch and that kind of stuff, you know, it's yep. it's really big. It's really big. I mean, you brought up how these uh, teams are signing esports players, and I think the LA Galaxy just signed their first esports player, guy, professional FIFA player. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this stuff is definitely in the headlines, and I think it has a big future ahead of it. Yeah, I agree. Maybe we have a future in that. Probably not. <clears throat> well, definitely right. not you, maybe me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I won't say anything there. Okay. <laughs> um, and finally, January 31st, for all you space freaks out there, there's supposed to be a super blue moon, um, in quotes, from some guy, I forgot his name. It will be the biggest and brightest of the year. So you hear the term once every blue moon. Well, January 31st, there's your chance to experience it. And then a few days later, during the Super Bowl, there's supposed to be a meteor passing by Earth during the Super Bowl. So wow. let's hope it doesn't hit uh, NRG Stadium or wherever the Vikings play. No, that'd be play. terrible. Maybe it'll knock the lights off like it did in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Ah, ah good call. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah, that's it. That's all I got for current events. No, Did yeah, you have Pat. a day in history or no? I'll save that for next time, Patrick. Okay. Um, and now just to close it off, I just want to start a segment. We want to start getting some interesting people on here. We think get some interesting guests. It will only help the show. So I'll start with saying I saw that the Seattle Mariners now have hired a full-time female scout. Okay. Um, I think she's around our age. I, shoot, let me look up her name. I think her first name's Amanda, but... I would like to see if we can get her on the show. I think it'd be interesting to hear, you know, her story and um, how she became a, a scout for a professional baseball team. Yeah, being someone that cannot play baseball. Ever. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, we haven't seen it yet. Uh, who knows? Maybe Monet Davis in the future. Ooh. Yeah, maybe get Monet on the podcast. But uh, yeah, no, Patrick. Very interesting. I didn't know that. That's news to me. What is her name? Do you have anyone that you want? Oh, Amanda Hopkins. Yeah. Okay. Let's, we're going to look into getting Amanda Hopkins on. The, yeah. So let me see what she looks like. Well, Amanda, Amanda if, you, if you're listening to the podcast, we'd love to have you on. Ah, she's got, she's a. Uh, so, Patrick, are you asking? She looks like a nice lady. Okay. Um, yeah, she's the second woman to be a full-time scout. Huh. Oh, so I was wrong. Yeah, it was a lady back in the 50s, but um, anyway, so you, Patrick, you're asking me who would I, who would I want to have on the show? Yes. Yeah. Huh. Good question. But it's got to be like realistic. It's got to be realistic. It can't be like LeBron James. It's good, like someone real. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, while you're thinking, I did forget about the Duerson Act that the, some lady from Vernon Hills just tried to pass making football illegal until you become a teenager in Illinois, and I just think that... We'll get into this on the next show, but my God, that is despicable. <laughs> Who would I want to have on the show? Wow, you kind of caught me off guard on this one. Hmm. 
Patrick, honestly, I... Uh, it's fine. It's fine. Kyle Long. You, you, oh. The Bears offensive guess, lineman. I guess, yeah, I guess maybe we could have him. Now he's not like he's a star, really. One one year wonder, and I would like to have on the show just to rip into him because, I, as you know, I'm not a fan of his. So Amanda Hopkins and Kyle Long will look to get them on the show. Fans, if you have anyone you want us to get on the show, reach out to us, reach out to them. Let's make it happen. Absolutely. But again, we're, we're going to be on Instagram now. We're going to be on Twitter. We're going to be on SoundCloud, iTunes. We're everywhere. Follow us. We'll follow you back. We'll interact. We're, we're going to start doing things a lot better than we were last time um, because that's the only way we can get to where we want to be. We saw the success of other podcasts, Triple S Podcast. Um, we saw, you know, the views that they could get. And, you know, we were impressed by that, but we know that we can surpass that and and really ultimately make it to the iTunes 150, which has always been our plan. So with that being said, stay along for the ride because it's going to be a wild one. So hold on for dear life because we're headed for the moon. Anything else, Jack? Nope. Good to be back, Patrick. Likewise. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for tuning in.